It's time for a payback. The Washington Commanders try to get back a win from the New York Giants that they dropped in week seven. Sam Howell is going to be the key to getting a victory over a team that they statistically outmatch in almost every single way. How they do it coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. You are Locked on Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked On Commanders insider program where you get news, inside scoops, exclusive content delivered directly to your phone, including news and notes from practices, post-game press conferences, uh, every press conference for the most part, uh, and during the games at the stadium from me via text message. Go straight to your phone. No hashtags, no timelines to scroll through. Always excited to welcome new insiders. So get part or uh, become a part of that by going to joinsubtext.com slash commanders to sign up. Your first two weeks are free. If you like it, stick around. If you don't, I appreciate you giving it a shot. Anyway, I'm David Harrison on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan and Nation. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with the everydayers and everydayers. I want to share some special appreciation for your continued support of the program. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 on today's episode. I'm going to give you my prediction for the weekend. We're going to round up my three keys to victory for the Washington Commanders. But before we get to the keys to victory, or as we get to the keys to victory, we got to talk about the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, and how the Commanders stack up against the Giants, where they can take advantage, and where they might have a disadvantage, starting with the offensive side of the ball. And we're starting there for this game because if you go back to week seven against the New York Giants, the Washington Commanders defense actually had a very Solid day. They only gave up 14 points. The New York Giants weren't able to do a whole lot against them, despite the fact the Washington Commanders at that time and uh, from time to time since then have been kind of the get right game uh, for a lot of teams in the NFL. 14 points given up. Anytime your defense only surrenders 14 points, you need to come out of that game with a victory. The Washington Commanders offense, however, unable to do more than seven points of damage against the Giants. Of course, there was that late uh, that late play in the game where. You know, could be a drop, could not be a drop. Maybe it's a bad pass. I say it's a little bit of both. Uh, but the bottom line is that the Washington Bears offense failed to carry their water on that day. And then this week, I think that's going to be the key to getting right against the New York Giants. So far this season, the New York Giants defense has been solid or better in one category. So average or better in one category. Third down defense, 35.43%. Third down conversion attempts are being converted against the Giants defense. That's ninth in the National Football League. So top 10. Third down, third down defense. But everywhere else, the New York Giants defense has been below average. And that doesn't mean every player has been below average. Obviously, Dexter Lawrence is a very good player. Kayvon Thibodeau certainly has his potential, right? But everything else as a group, as a team, they have been below average. Yards per play, they're 30th. Yards per pass, they're 29th. Yards per rush, they're 30th. That's what they're giving. They're giving up the 30th, the, the second most, or the third most, the third and fourth most passing yards per play, uh, third most 
uh, yards per play total. Interception rate, 1.84% of the passes they face are intercepted. That's 19th in the league. Sack rate, only 4.6% of dropbacks turn into sacks. That's 31st in the league. They're 17th in first down rate, uh, 24th in red zone defense, 22nd in goal-to-go defense, 29th in points per, points per game uh, allowed. And their, their point differential as a team, 32nd in the league. The New York Giants are minus 14.8 points per game on average. They're losing by more than two touchdowns per game on average. Now, of course, the New York Giants blowout uh, or the Dallas Cowboys blowout times two uh, has a lot to do with that. But you compare that to the Washington Commanders season, the Commanders are minus 5.7 points per game on average. So imagine having your defense and your team performing to a rate where they're giving up almost three times as many points uh, as they are right now compared to what the offense is scoring. That's the situation the New York Giants are basically in. So put yourself in those shoes, and you know how Giants fans feel right now. So where's the commander's advantage against this New York Giants defense? To me, clearly it's on first and second downs. Where's the Giants' advantage? If they have one, it's going to come on third downs. It's the only area they're performing above average, so we pretty much have to go that direction, right? So let's break down the Giants' defense. Where do they like to come out in? Two, four, five formations is what the New York Giants' defense likes to use. Two down linemen, four linebackers, five defensive backs. They're doing that 38% of the time with three, four, four, three down linemen, four linebackers, four defensive backs being used 27% uh, of the time there. So that is, generally speaking, what they like to use uh, from a defensive standpoint. Comparatively, uh, their most successful 4-2-5 alignments, but have only gone there 37 times this, court, this season according to Sports Info uh, Solutions. The Giants prefer to use light boxes most of the time, only bringing stack boxes about 26% of the time, so interior rushes potentially uh, could get some work there. Sam Howell is likely to see a lot of single high coverages against this defense, which you usually see from more aggressive defenses like Wink Martindale is known uh, for crafting. Of course, Wink Martindale, aggressive defensive coordinator. He's blitzed the second most in the NFL this season, 148 times he has blitzed opposing quarterbacks. That is 42% of his play call. So about half the time uh, he is blitzing. However, in week seven, Martindale blitzed Sam Howell 57% of the staff. So he went after Sam Howell in week seven, expecting to do more of the same. This year or this week, I don't know that he'll do at the exact same rates, but I think you should expect uh, a lot of pressure to be brought by Wink Martindale. Uh, you saw light boxes, single high coverages, but the dominant formation that the Giants used against Sam was a 3-3-5, which is the third most used look by the Giants this season. And even since the Commanders game, that didn't signify a shift in their defensive philosophy. They have not gone back to the 3-3-5 as much as they have since they used it against the Commanders. So they saw something against this Washington Commanders offense, Eric Bieniemy's offense, that they felt the 3-3-5 alignment for them would be the best to use. Uh, look, they got a win, and they only gave up seven points, so uh, you can't say that they were wrong. Three-down linemen, the, the the big thing that stands out to me is three-down linemen, you get a nose tackle over the center. If you go back to that game, that was the last game Nick Gates started the center for the Washington Commanders. I think that Wink Martindale knew how to manipulate him, knew how to go after him, came out with a three-man uh, front for that specific purpose. It worked. Unfortunately, it worked to the point where Nick Gates no longer has the starting job, but Tyler Larson has done a really good job. So we'll see if Wink Martindale tries to unroll that odd man front against Tyler Larson and Chris Paul as the interior offensive lineman uh, this week. So that could be something that's different, but you'll see because they had so much success about it uh, or so, so much success with it the last time these teams played. A little bit extra information about the Giants' defense. Uh, man coverage 56% of the time, which is what you expect if you have a team in a heavy blitz scheme. Uh, it's hard to run zone behind blitzes because you have fewer defenders, obviously, to man those blitzes. Uh, and they like to close the middle of the field. So they're trying to take away those quick middle routes, those quick slants and those those dump offs over the middle, forcing the quarterback to hold the ball and have to wait for receivers to either clear the middle of the field 
or look outside, which are obviously it's harder to do that uh, when you're when you're facing pressure. And obviously, if you're looking left or right, you now have a clear blind side that your blitzers might be able to exploit. So you're going to see a super aggressive defense from the New York Giants, just like you expect, just like you did last time. But if Sam Howell and the offense is better prepared, then you should see more Washington points. And that, to me, is going to be the first key that we talk about to a commander's win. But we got two other keys that we got to get to before we wrap up this episode, wrap, wrap up this week of preparation for Giants Week. The next one is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, and Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They have the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is really simple to play, and I can make my picks in less than 60 seconds. On Thursday nights, I like to pick three players from the matchup and test my luck there. I chose Bengals running back Joe Mixon. I chose Ravens kicker Justin Tucker and Ravens wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. to go more than on some of their stat lines. They all did that, so I hit and got a little bit of a cash uh, prize while I was doing a little bit of work for the Locked On Podcast Network covering that Thursday night football game for all of you on that channel. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL to get in on those wins like I did. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL in all lowercase to get a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL, promo code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks again for making a Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day. Every day and every day is greatly appreciate you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On. Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Flipping over now to the commander's defense and uh, what quarterback Tommy DeVito, head coach Brian Dable, and offensive coordinator Mike Kafka might be uh, brewing up over there. A little bit of a harder read uh, here because obviously Tommy DeVito, not a whole lot of action uh, this season, only one official start. Uh, looking at the overall team rankings, though, again, again, you have to kind of take these with a grain of salt because of the inexperience of the quarterback, but the New York Giants situation is not much better than as it was on defense. They have been solid or good at, so average or better at, time of possession and fourth down conversions. Those are the only two categories. Uh, the New York Giants are averaging 30 minutes, 35 seconds, so just over half the ball game, uh, which is 11th in the NFL of time of possession. Fourth down conversions are converting at 50% clip. That's tied for 13th in the NFL. They are below average in everything else, 22nd or lower in yards per play with 4.02, rush yards per play, 3.92, and pass yards per play, 4.84. That's 31st uh, in the NFL uh, for, for the pass yards per play. 2.99% of their pass attempts are intercepted. That interception rate is seventh highest in the league. 17.94 sack rate is the highest in the National Football League. 16.1 first downs per game is second fewest. 30.46 third down conversion rate is second worst in the the league their red zone offense is third worst their red zone uh their goal to go offense is 11th worst so with the commander's advantage against the giants offense is basically everything right and again you kind of 
have a have an instant reaction to kind of scoff at something like that, right? Because you look at it and you say, but they lost to this defense. And again, defensively, or you didn't lose to the defense, they lost to the New York Giants. Defensively, the Washington Bears, again, 14 points given up. Tyrod Taylor, you know, the, the drop from Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor to Tommy DeVito. Uh, no shade to Tommy DeVito, you know, respectfully, but it's it's quite a gap uh, in, in, in talent. Their Giants advantage, uh, their pass rush, um, or, or the, against against the commander's pass rush, right? So the commander's pass rush uh, with Chase Young and Montez Sweat weren't able to do enough to defensively win the game for the Washington commanders, but now without them, uh, it's, it's well documented. The pass rush just hasn't been uh, as solid, right? You don't have the dynamic players on the edge, the potential dynamic players on the edge that you did. You did. James Smith-Williams is out for this game, but even with him, uh, he's just not as dynamic. Casey Tuhill is not as dynamic potentially as Chase Young and Montez what can be. I know we didn't see it on a weekend. We got bases all the time. That's fact. But the bottom line is their upside, their ceiling, as we like to say, was still higher than the two ceilings that we see on the field. With James Smith-Williams out, now you're looking at K.J. Henry, Andre Jones Jr. getting more burn. Uh, and again, both those guys young have potential certainly, but not expected to provide the same type of spark necessarily that the the two guys that were traded will. So you want to say that they have that advantage there, but again, we'll see how the things actually turn out on the field. Um, unknown quarterbacks. When unknown quarterbacks have success against opposing teams, typically it's because the pass rush isn't getting home for one reason or another. So the New York Giants, you have to expect them to do a lot of things uh, to, to try to up Tommy DeVito's chances of being able to scan the field and try to find a receiver. So I expect more 12 personnel, more 21 personnel, and uh, that's that's what I'm going to expect from the Giants, but that's not what the patterns are showing us. 11 personnel is what the New York Giants use most of the time, 68% of the time, uh, to be exact, and that is in, in, in line with the NFL trends. 11 personnel is the most popular personnel, personnel package in the National Football League for a reason. Uh, 12 personnel, they use 28% of the time. Again, I think they're going to use it more this week than they do in previous weeks to help Tommy DeVito as much as possible, and that only leaves about 4% uh, left for other personnel groupings. Mostly they operate out of the shotgun. They use short drops to keep the quarterback ready for anything the defense throws at them and try to try to try to try and deter uh, opposing pass rushes. If you got a short drop, that means you got short routes, quick routes, try to get the ball out as quickly as possible, right? Uh, they are, however, interestingly enough, using the screen game in the on the offense, the league lowest. They're, so they're the league's lowest team in using screen passes. The New York Giants are not the Washington Commanders zone run team. Uh, that will run against stacked and light boxes alike. They don't really shy away from either uh, with similar success against uh, both, which honestly isn't very much. In week seven, these same tendencies all pretty much showed up against the, the commander's defense. Uh, with quarterback Tommy DeVito in his one start, the personnel groupings are relatively similar, although we did see 21 personnel more than usual, so that's what makes me think you might see more 21 personnel uh, this weekend or 12 personnel uh, this weekend. Motion also went up. Typically, that's what you like to do with young quarterbacks. You like to use a lot of motion because you try to force the defense to declare what they're going to do before the snap. Uh, but I think they should do that anyway, young quarterback or uh, veteran quarterback. Most of the runs came against stacked boxes last week against the Dallas Cowboys. But honestly, the Cowboys are probably stacking the box because they're trying to go after Tommy DeVito and they're trying to stop Saquon Barkley. So the fact that most of their runs came against stacked boxes, probably not a choice, probably just you know something that they had to do because of what the Dallas Cowboys we're doing so from those tendencies what do we expect well i expect the washington Commanders to come after tommy devito and i expect them to do everything they can in their power to stop saquon barkley talk to jack del rio the defense coordinator this week ahead of the game 
that was something that we talked about, something that he mentioned. Uh, you always want to stop a caliber, a running back caliber, Saquon Barkley, but especially when you have a young quarterback back there, even more. You want to put that ball in his hands as much as you can. And then while it's in his hands, you want to pressure him. You want to get after him. So uh, we talked about it. Honestly, I've been feeling like uh, we've been seeing more blitzes out of Jack Del Rio's defense, but looking at the numbers, honestly, looking at the numbers and the percentages, uh, the, the, the team is blitzing pretty much as much as they have been all season long, but maybe they're just blitzing more this season, which is something that we did know in training camp. We saw more blitz installs from the defense, so maybe we're just seeing it employed uh, a little bit more. But, of course, the problem with blitzing is if you're blitzing and you've got zone coverage behind it, which commanders like to do quite often, um, and someone gets out of their zone or miscommunication happens or a wrong zone or a blown coverage, uh, that can lead to some disastrous opportunities. And, you know, look, uh, Mac Jones missed some opportunities uh, uh Desmond Ritter missed some opportunities maybe Tommy DeVito will as well but you'd much rather see them not get uh have have those opportunities in the first place um he's only got one start but Tommy DeVito against the Dallas Cowboys was 14 he's played in more games but the one start he was 14 and 27 86 yards two TDs and an interception he was sacked five times pressured 18 times most of that production came in garbage time that's a 52 percent completion percentage only 19 of his 27 passes were deemed catchable balls that's only 70 percent of his passes were deemed catchable his average throw depth was five was 5.6 yards only pushed the ball 10 yards or more downfield against the cowboys six times only two of those six passes were considered on target passes neither of them was completed one of them was intercepted um looking at the live chat here justin asks uh how do you feel about ron's presser him speaking on his coaching mortality not firing his guys and his role when he was hired thanks for the great content i appreciate you justin and jay What's up to you in the live chat as well? Combat Helm. Uh, I think everybody likes pizza. Everybody should like pizza. Real quick, um, I will talk about Ron Rivera's press conference real quick because he did say some things that have obviously gotten some people's attention, um, saying that he's not focused on the rumors, the reports that, you know, whether he's going to get fired, whether he's not going to get fired. And honestly, there's conflicting reports. And none of those reports that I've seen, and, and you know, I don't see everything, so correct me if I'm wrong, but none of those reports I've seen have come from the local beat. They're all coming from national beat. And that doesn't mean those national guys don't know what they're talking about. But they're, they're certainly uh, not on ground getting kind of the temperature of, of the room. And the temperature of the room right now, I'll tell you, does not feel like a group that is waiting for their head coach uh, or defense coordinator, for that matter, to get fired. Um, so, you know, Ron says he's focused on the job at hand, which is exactly what he should be focused on because you can't control rumors. You can't control reports. You can only control how you do your job and you just have to come do your job uh, every day as best you can. As far as not considering co firing uh, any of his assistant coaches or coordinators, I get why some people are kind of taken back on like you haven't even considered it. You look around the league, the Buffalo Bills fired their offense coordinator. You got some assistant coaches, head coach in Las Vegas got fired. Um, look, I, and, and I'm always going to fall short of calling Ron Rivera like a liar, right? Because some of this stuff is we call it coach speak for a reason because we give them a little bit of an opportunity. We give them a little bit of leeway in telling the truth because their position just kind of requires to, to tell partial truths or half truths uh, a lot of times. Whether or not he's considered firing, any of his assistant coaches or his coordinators, that is not something that I would ever expect Ron Rivera to say to us prior to the firing happening. It could be something firing happens, and then we talk to him about the firing, and we say, you know, how long has this kind of been coming? Because it's not going to be a knee-jerk reaction, right? It's going to be something that's discussed, considered, contemplated, weighed. It's not going to be something that's just, oh, man, I'm really mad that we lost that game, so now you're fired. So obviously, if a coach gets fired, there was some thought put behind it, but I don't expect Ron Rivera to come out and say, yeah, I've been thinking about uh, firing this guy uh, or that guy. Um, yeah, Jahan Dotson, uh, Jay. You know what? I haven't been able to do my deep dive into Jahan either, so I owe you that as well. 
Uh, but if you if you get that done before I do, by all means, go back to me. I did talk to Jahan on the way out of the locker room on Friday. Uh, we walked out to the parking lot together and just kind of chopped it up. Nothing official, nothing on or off the record. Uh, but I just will share with you, dude's in very good spirits. And, and that's really all you can have is a guy who's got his head on right uh, and his mind focused in the right place. So a little bit of an update on Jahan for you as we get ready for this game against the New York Giants. I'm going to tell you my keys to the game, keys to victory, and I'll predict what I think is going to happen on Sunday at FedEx Field. Coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by DoorDash. Time to pull out your lucky jersey and order your favorite apps and snacks on DoorDash because football is coming again this very weekend. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? You wouldn't do it in the stands. Don't do it on the couch. Order on DoorDash and save on football. Watch party favorites like your favorite pizza joint, your favorite wing spot, or whatever it is you're craving on game day. If you're staying home, kick back at kickoff with unbeatable deals on everything you need for your watch party with all of your favorite restaurants and stores available from retail to grocery. They're all on the DoorDash app, so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate needs on DoorDash, and then just get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order after you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKED23. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. The Commanders play the New York Giants on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern at FedEx Field. Catch every snap of the Commanders' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SiriusXM app. Just search Commanders, and while you're there, you might hear a familiar voice during the game. We've gone over the tendencies, the stats, the numbers, the rankings, but what do they mean, right? How do we turn these into our three keys? Well, one of them uh, we already kind of covered, right? And it's about Sam Howell specifically in the offense, but really it's just about this team winning a game they should win right and and every day is we've had these conversations this year we had the conversations last year as well um so if you've been in every day or for a while now you've heard this but talking about nfl teams and their development into becoming champions you know there there's echelons you have to reach and some teams can skip a step but some teams have to grind through each step and right now the washington commanders earlier this season we were expecting them to come into come out of the hard out step right which is kind of where they were at the time to becoming a competitor and then from competitor to become a contender. The the trademark of a competitor is they win the games they're supposed to win and then they win some of the games they're not supposed to win. Well, the Washington Commanders this season so far have not won any of the games that they weren't supposed to win and they've even lost some of the games that they're supposed to win, which kind of takes you out of that competitor window and it puts you more into the hard out window, which the Philadelphia Eagles, they proved to be that hard out against the Philadelphia Eagles, not so much against the Buffalo Bills. And then the Dallas Cowboys coming up in here about six days. Um, we'll see if they can be a hard out or get that underdog win. And that and that's how you, you stack those and you start becoming a competitor again, right? But the Washington Commanders right now, they're stuck in that hard out phase and maybe even in the rebuild phase uh, or building phase because they're losing a lot of these games. Uh, that they're supposed to be winning. This is a game they're supposed to win. When you look at it on paper from roster to roster, you know, the Giants are not healthy. They're incredibly banged up. Uh, you just look at the downgrade from quarterbacks, running backs alone, Saquon Barkley, you know, Antonio Gibson's not going to be, or I don't expect Antonio Gibson to play in this game. It's not official yet. Um, but Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson compared to Saquon Barkley, I think when you combine the running backs, I think you have more of a push than most people would expect. I still give the advantage to the Giants receiving groups. The commanders clearly have the advantage. O-line, 
uh, especially with the injuries that the Giants have been dealing with. I think it's basically a push. Defensively, you would look at the commanders and, and not pound for pound, but you know, overall as a body of work, you would say they have the better team. Statistically, so that's just the roster is the eye test. Statistically, the numbers say the Washington Commanders are the better team here. Um, they're consistently higher in categories compared to the Giants on the opposite side of the ball. So the Commanders offense consistently ranked higher than the Giants defense in the same categories and then flip it and it's the same thing. The thing that gives me a little bit more confidence in potentially predicting a Commanders win this weekend is that the second time we saw the Commanders face the Eagles, they played better than they did the first time. Now, the result wasn't necessarily the same, especially on defense, but there were some key metrics where things were better across the board. Um, it's a it's a small silver lining, or it's a very small silver lining, but it is a silver lining. That silver lining should get bigger when you have lesser competition. New York Giants that I see this time around are worse than the New York Giants we saw when we were at MetLife uh, Stadium. So that's key number one. Take advantage of those advantages. It's kind of an overarching one, but more specifically, Sam Howell and this offense put up those points early and put the New York Giants on their heels early. That leads me into key number two, which is take the ball out of Saquon's hands. Scoring points early will help do that because you force the New York Giants to have to lean on their pass game more than they obviously want to, but also stack the box, be aggressive up front, hit your run fits, play your assignments, and don't let Saquon Barkley rip off any large gains or any big early conversions and force them to play from behind, force them to try to catch up all game long. So key number one, take advantage of those opportunities and advantage that you have on paper and in the stat box, but also put the ball in Tommy DeVito's hands, make him be the runner or be, make him be the, the, the catalyst for a New York Giants win potentially and keep the safeties, especially Cam Curl. When, even when he's in Buffalo nickel, let him run free. Don't, don't be forced. If you're the defensive line and linebackers, you need to play to a level to where Jack Del Rio doesn't need to use his, his secondary players to help you in the run game. Cause if they need to help you in the run game, that's where the play action opens up. That's where the double moves open up. And that's where things can get a little bit dicey, especially with Jalen Hyatt being healthy for this game. Key number, key number three, feed the running backs. Whether it's by design or by chance, the running backs have been some of the most effective players on this offense this season, even though Eric Bieniemy has freely admitted that he's kind of gone away from the running backs as an offensive player caller and, uh, and, and game planner. Whether it's by design, whether it's by choice, get Brian Robinson, get this running back group involved early and keep them involved throughout the game. The Washington Commanders running backs last week in Seattle Seahawks uh, combined for 10 carries, 12 targets. That's 21 total touches in the running back group. That's a minimum. 21 touches for this running back group this weekend is a minimum, even without Antonio Gibson expected to play, uh, which again, most likely I don't think he's going to play. It's not official yet. But even without Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, sprinkle some Derek Gore in there if you need to. 21 total touches for this running back room. I wouldn't hate seeing 15 carries and five targets five receptions for B-Rob by himself. And then Chris Rodriguez, get him five or six. Derek Gore, get him a couple um, and run the ball, control the clock, score points by force pressure on the Giants, control the clock, putting pressure on the New York Giants, stop Saquon Barkley early. And by the time you're coming out of halftime, you could even should have the Giants in a position where they basically got to let Tommy DeVito throw the ball every time. And now your pass rushers, guys like KJ Henry, can use that speed to try and get home against that young quarterback so those are my three keys uh again key number one take advantage of all your advantages key number two take the ball out of saquon's hands key number three keep feeding your own running backs even without ag as i expect him to miss this game status report coming out of friday out for this game fullback alex arma dealing with a hamstring injury defensive end james smith williams also dealing with a hamstring injury coach ron rivera did tell us on friday that he hopes that james smith williams 
it's just a one-week thing, and maybe he can be back in time for the Dallas Cowboys game on Thursday. Doubtful running back Antonio Gibson with a toe injury. Did not practice all week. I fully expect him to not be able to go uh, just as what it is. And honestly, they should be able to win without AG. But AG wants to be out there, and you know he will if he can be cleared. Wide receiver Curtis Samuel also dealing with a toe injury. Cornerback Benjamin St. Juice dealing with an illness. Both of them have been cleared. Will be active Sunday at FedEx. For the New York Giants, out. Defensive back Adoree Jackson still uh, dealing with concussion protocol. Offensive lineman Evan Neal is out with an ankle injury. Questionable offensive lineman Andrew Thomas with any injury. So that offensive line for the Giants could be very, very depleted this weekend. Cleared 12 players, including running back Saquon Barkley, linebacker Aziz Ojolari, defensive back Deontay Banks, wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, and linebacker Kayvon Thibodeau. So uh, the Giants are not completely decimated as much as we thought they might be entering the week, but they're certainly wounded, and the Washington Commanders certainly have the opportunity to get a win here. Um, you get a win, it brings you back in sight of the playoff picture, not in the playoff picture, and then you go to Dallas, and that's going to be uh, kind of a rubber-meets-the-road type of moment and week for the Washington Commanders. On FanDuel, the Commanders currently favored by 9.5 points to beat the New York Giants. I am going to go ahead and predict that they cover that spread. Washington Commanders 27, New York Giants 17. That is my prediction for Week 11. If you've got predictions, you got questions, comments, drop them in the YouTube comment section. Hit me on Twitter or text me by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider. Join subtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. I will be going live following the Washington Commanders win over the New York Giants from FedEx Field on Sunday night. So make sure you come back for that. Until then, I always, as always, I appreciate you for coming through, making Locked On Commanders first listen of the day every day, every dayers. Thanks for coming through on a consistent basis like you do for your second listen. You don't even got to click anything. Just stay right here and you'll flip over to our Locked On Sports 24-7 live stream, the first of its kind ever. So make sure you check it out. Thanks so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you.